Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to the new kids on the block for the always entertaining and sometimes wild takes we were bringing to you. Don't forget to like and subscribe down below and keep a lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word, for daily updates and content. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. Really excited to be here. Sorry for a little bit of a lag, but we're back with some really awesome content. Our boy Constantine is back from Greece. Got some great content for you guys on um, some rookie rankings. We're going to dive into our quarterbacks and running backs today. We're also going to talk a little bit of hot takes for the season. We all got a couple guys that we really, really like, super high on. Um, I think consensus would disagree with some of our uh, opinions there. So definitely going to be some heated conversation, I'm sure. And then we're going to talk redraft strategy. I know a lot of y'all are going into your redraft um, fantasy drafts coming shortly with the season coming up, I think two weeks out. Um, I think most people usually wait until now. I know us degenerates that love dynasty have been drafting for the past six, seven months. And <laughs> we're, we got, we got guys rostering acres, Etienne Dobbins, Irv Smith, all these guys out and hurt and, we're sorry for it, but regardless, excited to be here. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and kick over to my co-host, Nick, and let him kick us off. What's up, Nicky? Yeah, man. My IR is jam-packed in a few leagues. <laughs> One <laughs> league I had ETN and Akers and, and um, Bateman, but he's not out for the season at least. But yeah, that, yeah. that's fun. So yeah. we want to start with the hot takes? Yeah, we could jump right in. Colin, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be talking about football with you guys. Happy that in, what is it, two weeks, we're going to be watching live NFL TV. I mean, uh, live NFL games on our TV. Yes, yes. Thank God. Feels like it was forever, right? It's about time. You know, honestly, it like it didn't feel as long as it has in other years prior. Maybe it's because I really picked up on um, the honesty and being more active in the offseason, but... I yeah. feel like the uh, the draft came around so fast, and there were so many like, oh my god, Kadarius Tony just went twenties to the Giants, and then yeah. Twitter blew up and it was like, Dave Gittleman, <laughs> you are you're not smart. <laughs> yeah, people people have been hating on that pick. I think that'll continue. Unfortunately, I mean, the season did take a little longer than I wanted it to, but you're right. It's 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 they do a good job at kind of always giving us pieces, right? Like the mini camp preseason. You know, before that, we have the draft. We have all the buzz from off season, so it's been fun. But um, yeah, I think tonight one of our first topics we want to cover is hot takes. Um, we all got guys we're really really high on. Um, I know Nick is is already kind of watering at the mouth to talk about his boy. So I'll go ahead and let him kick us off. He's already written an article about him. So go ahead and uh, give us some love for your boy. Yeah. So my first take is going to be, well, my only hot take is going to be that Brandon Ayuk is going to finish top 12 this season. I know it sounds a little crazy for where he's going. So maybe if you take him where he's going and he does finish top 12, you'd be pretty happy you listened. So last year, Ayuk was a rookie, obviously, only played in 12 games. He still had 96 targets. There were only three games which he played in that he saw under five targets, so he's getting a lot of opportunities each and every week. Another thing that I looked at is I feel like I saw a bunch of highlights of him like getting end arounds and being like super athletic, and I looked when I was deep diving for my article he only had six rushing attempts last year, and I don't see any way that goes anywhere but up. 
Like, that's kind of crazy that he played 12 games and only had six rushing attempts. Seems like way too low. Shanahan's going to fix that. And last year, he was on pace to finish as the wide receiver 18 if he did play a full 16 games. So, looking at all of that and how much I love that offense, like, when Trey Lance does take over. Yeah. I see him finishing as a top 12 receiver. That's just how I see it going. I mean, it's a gutsy call, but at the same time, I think we talked about it on the first episode. You know, I feel Shanahan's definitely going to switch to a more pass-happy offense. I think they're always going to have a good run scheme, but he's talked about when you run the ball well, it opens up the pass game and vice versa. And having a scheme that's versatile enough that you can do both things and having a quarterback like Trey Lance will give him that same type of ability that he had with Matt Ryan, um, where he has a top tier arm talent at quarterback, a guy like Ayuk who maybe he doesn't profile like Julio Jones, but he's a, a true wide receiver one an alpha that can command targets. Like you said, he's, he's in that scheme going to get rushes. There's just going to be a lot of um, touches for him to have. So um, I don't hate to take it. I do think it's a little ballsy top 12, you know, cause there's about 30 guys. I feel like people are saying are going to be top 12 this year, but um, <laughs> I like it, man. I mean, Brandon, I can't get him if I'm in a league with you, but I got him everywhere else. <laughs> Everyone says that, and I'm always like, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. What do you think, John? Um, I think it's, you know, it's interesting because there's just so many playmakers in that in that team, you know, whether it's Debo, whether it's Kettle, whether it's Ayuk, whether it's rookie Trey Sermon, who they just drafted, whether it's Mostert. Um, I do think Ayuk is the most talented pass catcher on that team. I mean, a wide receiver because pass catcher is Kittle. Um, so I'm I'm not a big – I'm not a hater on that take. I'm not a big fan. I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Things break right, I could definitely see it because Ayuk is supremely talented. So going into my hot take, my hot take is going to be that once again, I am back on the Joe Mixon hype train, and I'm ready to be hurt again. But let's go. I just – I can't quit I love it. it. I feel like things finally are going to break right for him between Riley Reef, between Jonah Williams coming back, Trey Hopkins, you know, in the center position. They've got some good interior alignment over there. Okay. So many weapons around him. Good quarterback. I don't see how this is in the top offense. I don't see how the pass catching work that he was getting in weeks three to six doesn't keep up. I don't see how somebody with his talent is going to be held back again for a fifth year in a row. And I'm just ready. You know, from week, weeks four, five, and six, he was playing Jacksonville, Baltimore, and Indianapolis. He had 45 points, 15 and 15. Mm-hmm. And in those weeks, no less than 18 carries. Um, weeks four and five, where he played 83 and 75% of the snaps, he had six targets and eight targets. And then week six, he played only 54% of the snaps and still had three targets. So I'm really hoping that usage is something that his coach wants to keep up. You know, he's just such a dynamic weapon. I feel like it's a disservice to not really lean on him until Burrow gets his feet back under him. Yeah. Um, you know, Riley Reef came from a run-heavy team in Minnesota. And it's just, for me, it's wheels up for Mixon. He's uh, – a mid late second round pick, I think, in redraft formats. And that's just a smash. You know, he has incredible league winning upside in that spot. 
and the floor over there, you're drafting him beyond his floor. Like he's going yeah, off yeah. as like at that point, he's probably like the running back 12 to 15 off the board. And for me, I have him as the running back nine and redraft. So big fan yeah. of Mixon right there. I love it, man. I'm I've, I've been saying Joe Mixon is the top five talent at running back for years. Um, I mean, man, it, at some point it's got to give, right? Like the talent's there, the opportunity's there, the situation is right. Um, they finally have a, a – I mean, you think a semi-decent offensive line. I mean, I, I still think passing on, on you know, top prospects at, at O-line was silly, but at the yeah. same time, I mean, there's so many pass catchers there. It's going to open up the offense. Um, and, again, like you said, Joe Burrow's coming off that injury. It's going to give him the opportunity to kind of work with his running back more often, whether it be checking out into the flat or just, you know, more running. So – I'm not, I'm not against, I mean, I think Mixon always has top five opportunity. Like every year you're like, he could be a top five back. So <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to be like, no, that's bad take. I mean, I like Mixon. Nick, just, I, I'm sorry to jump in before you, but it's kind of like, you know, Saquon's coming back off a torn ACL, but everybody's like, you know, this is Saquon Barkley. Like this guy is just, he is who he is. He's amazing. You know, Joe Mixon is not as talented as Saquon, but he is one of the most talented running backs on the planet, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's like Aaron Jones, Zeke, um, Nick Chubb, Gibson, like Joe Mixon hangs in with anybody and everybody who you could throw in size, agility, you know, making guys miss in the hole, pass catching, all that stuff. He's, he's got it and he can do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Where are you at on that, Nick? Yeah. Um, so I actually just looked, yeah, he's going off as the RB13 uh, on underdog ADP. So, like, that's kind of a steal, honestly. Yeah. He's going as, like, the 20th pick. Yeah, I mean, I like to take a lot. I'm pretty high on Mixon. I have him in one league where I'm definitely contending in. Yeah. So I'm counting on him. He He's my RB3 there, but I'm hoping that, you know, he produces his top five back. That would be fantastic. I got him in another league. Um actually the one we're all in um, homies and yeah, I feel pretty good about that offense myself. So I'm, I'm on the train with that one. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump in. So I wanted to talk about my boy DJ more because I have him everywhere and I feel like he's just universally becoming disrespected, but I got to stay true to the brand. Talk about my boy Rondell Moore. He went with one of my favorite players in the league, Kyler Murray. Um, obviously they drafted him in the second round heartbreaking as a Giants fan because I really wanted to see him in blue he could have been but we decided to take the great Kadarius Tony out of Florida and um, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer now so that's you know is what it is regardless um, Rondell Moore is a player that a lot of people are off that train regardless of you know his situation because of his height um they feel a player that's five nine you know or i mean i guess a lot of i, I think some people say he's like five eight and some some change but regardless a lot of people feel he is too short to produce at the nfl level um as an alpha or, or just as an elite wide receiver i disagree um i think that in that specific place that he's in with cliff kingsbury you know, they've already made it a point to get him the ball. You know, the first game, I think he had two rushes and like four targets. Second game, he had five targets. You know, just preseason, obviously. So you're just trying to get a feel for everything. But my hot take is that he outscores Jamar Chase rookie year. Um, now, stay with me here. Obviously, they're both in a situation where there's talented pass catchers around them. 
but there's less targets to be taken away from Rondell Moore in that situation. I get there will be people that argue Christian Kirk, but in my personal opinion, Rondell Moore will usurp him for um, his target share. I think he could see easily um, 130 to 140 touches this season. So that's including rushes. That's including, you know, screens down the field passes, all that. Um, I, I really do believe that he's the type of player that can come into an offense. He's going to command targets because he's so good at what he does. And he's the kind of guy that once he gets the ball in his hands, it's just off to the races. You know, he could score any play. He's a dynamic game breaker. You know, Kyler Murray is the same type of player when he has the ball in his hands in the open field, everyone's watching because you just don't know what he's going to do. You know, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, you know, there's just certain guys in the league. Once they have that ball, it could, it could be a touchdown, any play. Um, and I feel Rondell Moore is, is a, is a touchdown um, type of guy, you know, he gets the ball and he could just take it up field. So um, right now he's going, I would say most like, late eighth, ninth, you know, maybe a little bit later in dynasty startups redraft. Obviously you're getting him much, much later. Um, he's a player that I personally would not trade if you have him on your roster right now, because I feel his value will only go up. Um, you can probably get him for less than a first for most people. I'd say maybe that's borderline. Um, I'm personally very, very high on him. I, I don't know that I would trade him for a first plus right now. Um, just because again, I, I do feel his value is going to grow. He's in a situation with Cliff Kingsbury, who's going to push to get him the ball and Kyler. I think they'll have that connection. So yeah, hot take is Jamar chase does not score more than Rondell Moore in, um, this next season. I think it's interesting. I mean, I've I've had T. Higgins outscoring Jamar Chase this season, so I don't see him being the one there. Yeah. So I'm also not as high on Rondell Moore as you. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a horrible take because as you saw in the preseason, for anyone that watched, like he was getting a lot of touches. He was getting like end arounds. He was getting a lot of targets. He looked yeah. real good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he did look really good. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like it. I think it's a nice, bold take for your guy. What do you think, Con? As the resident Rondell Moore hater, as Johnny likes to call me. Oh, you're I a hater. I think he's going to be surprised <laughs> to hear that I agree with this take. Um, okay. The, the, uh, the offense they have in Arizona, him being the two over there, I think it's just too much for Chase to overcome in his rookie season between, yeah. you know, Burrow having the connection already with Boyd and being kind of his safety blanket in the slot. T. Higgins just being T. Higgins, naturally who he is, 6'5", 210, dominant receiver. A lot of competition is going to be there for Chase. That's just not going to be there for Rondell Moore. And I think in 2021, I think, you know, there's no reason that people should be concerned about A.J. Green, no reason people should be concerned about Christian Kirk. Yeah. As much as that dream was alive for me last year, it's dead now. <laughs> um and yeah, you know, it's he looks great in preseason and if he did not look as good as he has, I would not be saying that I agree with Johnny. Yeah. But his I mean, involvement, the way that they scheme up his touches, it's a lot like Debo in San Francisco with the end yeah. arounds and you know, the rollouts into the flat with the short passes. It's it's very encouraging to see him being used that way. What were you gonna say, Johnny? No, I mean, it, you're right. It is reminiscent of Debo in, in San Fran. They make an effort to get him the ball. And I do believe that I read something after they, they drafted him that Cliff Kingsbury was going to make sure he got him the ball early and often. And, you know, here's the thing. 
you make a great point, and that's kind of where I was going. I got off topic a little bit. You know, he's playing next to DeAndre Hopkins. One, you're playing with a Hall of Famer. Any talented player that's playing next to a Hall of Famer is always going to be better because of it. One, because it's going to be less attention they're going to draw to themselves, and there's going to be more attention on DeAndre Hopkins. So he's never going to be playing against the best cornerbacks, and that's fine. Like, you know, people have argued, well, he's not an alpha. Okay, you can argue that, but at the same time, he doesn't need to be one because there's already an alpha on that team. So it's going to put him in a situation where he's not having to play against the best cornerbacks, the best defenders, and he's consistently getting schemed open. Um, Secondly, again, there's not a ton of targets being taken away from him. A.J. Green, he may look great. Yeah, that's fine. But at the same time, Rondell Moore, good players command targets. It's like Darren Waller, for example. I saw a lot of people arguing there would be regression last year because of the addition of Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. Well, how did that go? Darren Waller commanded targets because he's a talented player and good players command targets. So um, I do believe that he will be in a situation to receive those opportunities. Unlike Jamar chase coming into, like you said, T Higgins already has that connection with Joe Burrow chase and and Burrow may have had that, but two years away from football, I I just think it's going to take him some time to get acclimated. Tyler Boyd's being slept on heavily. Um, That's kind of a sidebar, but folks like if you can get him cheap, uh, like, I feel like people are trading him away for like multiple seconds. Like that's absurd for a guy that's probably going to have close to like 90 receptions. I mean, he's going to be the security blanket and in an offense with an offensive line, that's a little sketch still. I mean, you know, even if his yards per target is low, I mean, who cares? You know what I mean? Deontay Johnson last year, what was his like six? He had like 150 targets, you know, it's just good players get fed the ball. And if your quarterback trusts you, it works out well, but anyway, getting off subject, very, very confident that we're in a situation where we're going to see Rondell Moore um, do really well his rookie year, and his, his price is just going to shoot up. So um, be prepared for that. Now we're going to do a quick little shift over after talking hot takes to our QB and running back rankings for rookies. Uh, this should be pretty interesting. Um, mine aren't going to be too, too crazy. I feel like these two maniacs are going to throw some crazy stuff at you. So we'll, we'll go ahead and let Constantine kick us off. Um, so let's start with quarterbacks, man. Who do you got? Um, why do you got them there? And, and, and what do you think for this season? And I guess long-term. Yes, sir. So, uh, QB one, I feel like everybody, you know, just by default has to have Trevor Lawrence in there. Um, just the talent, the pedigree, the, the situation, Mm-hmm. With LaVisca Chenault there, DJ Chark, everything, James Robinson, ETN, although he's hurt, he'll be back. A supreme talent, you know, you just want to bet on him. Second, I have uh, Justin Fields going into a situation with Allen Robinson, uh, David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, a nice young tight end, Cole Komet. I trust the front office there. I think they, made it, they pulled off a nice trade to get him. And I feel like he's supremely talented. The they're pointing up for even the Bears offense in general, I believe. Then third, I got Nick's boy Trey Lance. Um, the you know the Kyle Shanahan obviously, the pedigree on that team is unmatched. From Kittle, all the weapons in Ayuk Debo, Trey Sermon. You know you, I feel like all three of these guys, you know, are great talents, and they also want the situations where. Maybe not so much T-Law because of Urban Meyer and the GM that they brought in hasn't had too much great history. But these guys all feel like they're in pretty near bulletproof situations in terms of some nice talent surrounding them, you know, not having too much on their plate from the get-go to kind of derail them or kind of drop off their confidence. 
And then that brings me to my quarterback for Zach Wilson. And I don't want anybody to feel like I'm slighting him because I do feel like he's really good. Like I've been talking with Johnny since before last season ended, but how I think this kid is a really great talent. And he was, um, he was telling me like, you know, you got to slow down. This kid's played like a season and a half at BYU, blah, blah, blah. And I understand, you know, I understood every point he was making, but Zach Wilson has a live arm. And I feel like it's a slight to have my QB4 in these rankings, but the fact is, you know, there's just nobody that I'm putting him above, even though I still love him. Corey Davis, Robert Sal over there running the show with Mike Shanahan, Elijah Moore, a great left side duo, and Elijah Barrett Tucker and Makai Becton to keep him upright. All four of these guys, I feel like this is maybe potentially one of the deepest quarterback classes that we've ever had. And I'd be confident and all four of these guys on your dynasty team being, you know, Tila could be your quarterback two on a dynasty Superflex team right now. And Lance Fields, Wilson, they're not too far behind. Then you've got Mac Jones, who's another guy who has shown great skills in the preseason with ball placement, accuracy, you know, uh, making the right reads. And he's another guy who, you know, you might not be in high as, him because, uh, as high on him because of the athleticism that he doesn't have compared to these other four. But he's another guy who, you know, he's, he's a very high floor, low ceiling, maybe like a Kirk Cousins kind of guy. Um, And Nick, what do you think about mine? Uh, and where do you got your guys? Yeah, I like it. I like your rankings. I know no one's as high on Lance as I am. Um. You're also a little higher in Justin Fields. I do like Zach Wilson, too, so I guess I'll get into mine. So my QB1 is Trey Lance. I have him over T-Law. It's not a slight to T-Law, like you said about Wilson. Like, I feel like there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft, and, like, it's one of those years where it's, like, they all seem good, and I know they, like, kind of can't all be good, and there's going to be someone at least that busts, but right now I don't know who it is. I have Lance as my QB1. T-Lot, too. I still think he'll be pretty good this year. And I do think Urban Meyer is going to be a one-year wonder. He's just very – he's not making good moves over there. You know, the way that people talk about Joe Judge disrespecting his players by like making them run laps and stuff. Yeah. You'd, you'd think that, like, he's, he's running some sort of daycare. But if you follow Jaguars media and the way that he's been kind of, like, treating his players as if he's, like, their dad – you know, Joe, Joe Judge, his players also, he respects, you know, like they respect, he, they respect each other as if they're like, you know, they're friends. And then when they walk in the locker room onto the field, they know that he's their coach. Urban Meyer seems like he's just, he, he, I don't know. I don't think he's going to last, but take it back. He's treating it like college. It's, it's not going to work, in my opinion. They have great pieces, but they got to get a real coach. So I have him at two. Justin Fields at three. I mean, he's shown out in this preseason. He's been great to watch. He's got a bright future. Maybe if Allen Robinson stays, he's got a nice wide receiver one for a few more years. Mooney might break out, who we're going to talk about later. I have Zach Wilson at four. He's also looked really good. Like, I do like that offense. I like how the team's turning it around. I think Michael Carter's pretty talented. I like Corey Davis a lot this year. And Elijah Moore is going to be a stud in the long run. So you got him. And then I got Mac Jones at five, like just like you. And it's not like he's bad either. Like it's 
it does seem like a deep quarterback class, like you said. Um, yeah, I mean, Mac Jones, I don't know if he's going to come in sooner rather than later. I guess we'll see how Cam comes out the first few weeks. And yeah, I'm excited to see all these guys play, though. I, I think all five have the potential to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how it unfolds. Johnny, how's your rankings looking? Yeah, I like what you guys are coming out with. Um, I've switched it up a little bit, boys. I, I, I decided to stay true to my gut. And um, I put Justin Fields back at number one where he belongs. Wow. Um, okay. I feel just to give context to that take, because I know people are going to hear that and either shut the show off or just be like, this guy's a buffoon. But, um, you know, I, I think I've said it and I'm going to continue to say it. You know, a lot of people went from it's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields is the best quarterback in this class to, all these things about Justin Fields, how he, you know, he can't read defenses. He plays for Ohio state. You know, he doesn't make NFL throws. Um, you know, he, he, he moves out of the pocket too quickly. Um, you know, whatever the narrative has been, there's been consistent things about him being dumb, um, him not being able to pick up, you know, good offenses with a lot of intricacies. Um, it, it's all bullshit. Um, I, I don't buy any of it. I think he was a top quarterback in high school coming into college he was a uh, high performing, high caliber, high character, highly intelligent individual. Um, his scores were off the charts in everything he did. His numbers reflected it. His production reflected it. And he has access to the Konami code, which we all know is cheat code in fantasy football. So for me, Justin Fields is the one. I love his situation. Um, I'm a big, big, big David Montgomery fan. I think that he is way underrated. Um, he's trimmed down. He's more explosive. Um, he's somebody that I do think is going to be able to get a little bit more work in the passing game. Um, offensive line is the biggest worry there, but with Allen Robinson attached to your hip, um, I don't see how you are not going to be in the conversation um, as a great wide, as a great quarterback, especially a young quarterback coming into a situation where um, – Matt Nagy's going to have to lean on him. I don't care if they say Andy Dalton starting week one. Um, I don't see that lasting more than two, maybe three weeks at most. Justin Fields is just too good for him to sit on the bench. Um, as, a, as, a, as your resident Giants fans um, on Twitter, guys, <laughs> um, it sucks. I mean, I, I do love Daniel Jones. I believe in him. But Justin Fields has been my guy for a long time. So seeing him there for us. Yeah, there is those emotions of like, dang, man, like I kind of wish he was a giant, but it is what it is. Regardless, he's my QB one. I'm standing by it. Um, you can call me crazy. No, I wouldn't draft Trevor Lawrence below Justin Fields in a draft. And let me explain this to you guys as well to give a little bit of context. I would take Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Fields, and then I would go to the Justin Fields owner. Hopefully they don't like Justin Fields as much as me. And then I would trade Trevor Lawrence for Justin Fields plus. And, and it's the same with my wide receiver rankings. I've explained to these guys as well. I have Michael Thomas over Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. You can say that's crazy. I would not draft Michael Thomas over Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. I would draft Justin Jefferson, then trade him for a player like a Michael Thomas plus plus. Because to me, I feel the value is more on the side of a player like Michael Thomas, who's an elite talent, has the capability of, of repeating that same production we've seen because of what he is versus Justin Jefferson, who I do love and I do believe is an elite talent, elite route runner. Um, 
I do think he's a great wide receiver. I just don't have him in my top three to five, like most people do. Um, and that's okay. You know, we're all going to think differently. We're all going to view players differently, but I understand what the market does, but I also understand my own convictions. And, and I try to work both within, you know, the confines of trades and, you know, how I build my team. So anyway, Justin Fields is my one. Um, I have Trevor Lawrence at two. I'm not that crazy. I still think he's elite. I still think he's going to be a superstar. Um, I also agree with what these guys are saying, that this is a really freaking awesome QB class. And we're really lucky the last really three years um, we've gotten some awesome quarterbacks four years, actually. So it's been fun to see how the NFL is continuously bringing in these young talents at quarterback to transition for the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady. And, you know, these guys that are, are, you know, the, the guys that we've watched all our lives as, as, as fans now being, you know, usurped by, you know, really awesome um, young talents at three. I have Trey Lance. I've kind of shifted on him a little bit. You know, at first I was a little uncertain, but spending a lot of time reading about him and, and who he is as a person and then putting that together with his tape. And then obviously going to a situation like he went to with Kyle Shanahan, um, I do believe Kyle Shanahan is one of the better coaches in the league and probably one of the best play callers in, in the NFL right now. If he's going to risk his job and his future on a player, um, he's a much more, um, how do I say this nicely to my own self? He's, he's a much smarter and a much more well-versed football coach and a football mind than I am. So I'm going to trust him as um, I should, that Trey Lance is, is going to be very, very good. And, and he has the talent to be, um, phenomenal and we've talked about it with Ayuk and and what he can be you guys are going to probably hate on me pretty hard and I've I've really swung on the pendulum here but I have Mac Jones at four um a couple of reasons for that I, I do like his situation a lot especially long term you know he has a, a play caller that I think is going to really utilize his strengths you know at, at at first I was kind of a hater on the kid and I think it was more the fact that I felt like people are saying he's better than Tua and it just kind of pissed me off but when you really look at what he did at Alabama, it was phenomenal. And where he's going is he's going to have a really strong offensive line. He has two really big guys at tight end that he's going to feed. He's got speed on the outsides. He's going to have a strong running game and an elite defense. That's a makeup for a, for a really strong quarterback, um, especially as a rookie quarterback play to take place. And, and I do believe personally, he's going to take over for Cam sooner than later at this point. And he's just looked really good. He makes a lot of really pretty throws and it's hard when you're a team that's competing to leave a, a talent like that on the bench. Just like, I feel like it'll be hard for them to do it with Trey Lance. It'll be hard to do it with Justin Fields and Mac Jones is another. Um, I have Zach Wilson at five. I don't hate Zach Wilson. Um, I, I've joked around with Constantine and a good friend of ours, Mark, and, you know, kind of giving him crap. Yeah. I, I don't like when a player is really bad and they have a really good season and then they get drafted highly because it's like, well, there's not a lot of historical data to show what this player is outside of one specific season. That's why with Trey Lance took me some time to adjust. Zach Wilson has the arm talent and the ability. I just don't know that I trust that he's going to come in and be a superstar. And he very, very well, very well might be. And if I miss on him, that's okay because there's a really strong class of quarterbacks. And I have most of these guys rostered in some leagues mixed in, however it may be. So um, not a hater, just not really high on him. And after that, I mean, it's kind of underwhelming. Obviously, Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, you know, after that, it just kind of drops off. But that, that's how I have my ranks. Definitely going to be a little bit different than most people. Um, you know, I'd love to hear you guys' views because I know I'm – Throwing out some, I'd say a little bit of hot, 
hot um, spices on you or whatever you want to call it, hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just because I, I wanted to bring this up in my segment and kind of slipped my mind. Did you guys see the pass Justin Fields made? Um, rolling out to his right, and he hit Cole Komet in the end zone. I think it was. Did you guys yeah. see that? Yeah, man. yeah. It was a very risky throw. That like, you know, if he's playing against starters, I don't know. Maybe that gets picked. But the fact that like, he's just like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm gonna throw this ball because I'm Justin Fields, and it's gonna work, and we're gonna score. Like that's yeah. just man. Like that confidence, such a leader, like you said, bro. He's such man. He's going to be so good. Yeah. He's going to be no, so I mean, good. But the thing is about that throw, like, I mean, yeah, maybe it gets picked, but, like, he kind of threw it where only Kement could catch it yeah. or it was going to go out of bounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about, man. I mean, he just makes amazing throws. Um, and it's like I said, I would never draft Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence this year specifically because it's not warranted and the market doesn't value him higher. But, you know, you, you, you like a guy. Yeah, of course. And I have a friend, Matt Nine. You know, he, he's he got his own podcast and Fantasy Scouts. They're awesome. If you guys aren't following them, please do. Um, really awesome content. Put out some really great stuff. Their patron chat is amazing. Really good people. But, um, you know, he always argues he, he'll take his guy, you know, two, three rounds earlier just because he's not going to risk you taking him and like him in as much as him and, and then just refusing to trade him to you. Um, so I, I get that to me with no offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Chase Claypool, you know, there's guys last year, LaVishka, he was drafting them two, three rounds higher than their ADPs because he's like, dude, I'm, I'm not risking losing all my guys. And, hey, listen, he hits on a lot of guys. I mean, I've seen yeah. it continuously. He'll miss. We all do. I mean, it's just a part of the game. But um, point being, you know, these rankings we're giving, it doesn't mean we will take these players above those players right now. We understand the market and the way it works, but – it's just how we value them. And, um, you know, I think we all have our, our takes, but at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm excited to see all these quarterbacks play. Cause I think we're blessed with a really, really awesome class this year. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I really like that. We all have a different guy at the QB one. <laughs> yeah. Pretty awesome. No, it is. It is. I mean, unfortunately, I think Justin Fields should probably sit at least like 12 games this year because, you know, the giants, should get a nice oh. hopper. <laughs> yeah, we got there first, so we were hoping. No, listen. I do want to see him start. Yeah. But I do want a high pick from the Bears. So either I mean, way, it'll be nice. At the end so, of the day, I do think guys like Fields and Lance and 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 these rookies, they're going to struggle. It's the NFL, you know. I mean, even Justin Herbert, he had an incredible rookie season, but there was games he played like dude, You know, he's a rookie. That's just what happens. It's a part of it, you know. I don't know any rookie that's come in and just had like – a top year and just had no struggles. I just don't think that happens. You know, it's, it's literally the hardest position to play in all of sports and it's, it's the most highly touted one. So yeah, they're going to struggle, but I'm excited about it too. Um, and for the, the, the purpose of time, let's go ahead and transition to r- rookie running backs. Um, Con, why don't you go ahead and just kick us off with those? Yes, sir. So uh, I know we got some big Najee fans right here in Johnny and Nick, but my um my running back one for rookie drafts the pretty much since since he I don't want to say since he went to Denver, but j- since I saw how great of a pass catcher he was, in addition to being just the bowling ball of a human being, my running back one was Javante Williams, and I was so glad that he went to a situation where people can look at a guy like Melvin Gordon and be like. Oh, well, you see, Javante Williams, he is not going to be the workhorse and 
they drafted him just to be the running back right now and then take over, but he's still going to split carries and blah, 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 blah. And you clearly did not watch his skill set in college. This guy is great running between the tackles. He has speed to the outside. Not great speed, but he gets it done. And such an underrated pass catcher. He is he is really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And I'm really excited to see where it goes because he just has such a loaded offense. I think, you know, they get the right quarterback in there. They're going to be ridiculously tough to stop from yeah. from Sutton to Hamlet to Judy to Fant to Williams. Even, bro, Tim Patrick is their fourth road receiver. And he's a pretty good – I don't – not pretty good, but, you know, if you start Tim Patrick as your wide receiver three, that's perfectly fine. He gets the job done. And, you know, I'm just waiting for them to get the right guy there under center. He's supremely talented. He's He was going 1-7 to 1-10 range in Superflex rookie drafts, if I remember correctly. And, you know, Najee was going about, what is it, guys, 1.2 to 1.4, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, like Johnny's saying about Michael Thomas and Justin Jefferson or Lance, I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, you know, you have the 1.4 in a draft. You can trade the 1.4 for, like, the 1.7, and maybe, I mean, for the 1.4 for like 1.9 and get a first round pick next year, maybe. So I just love the value that, you know, waiting, waiting nine games on Javante to become the workhorse and picking up that extra pick, you know, that's just good value. That's good. That's good strategy and team building. And there's nobody else that I'd rather bet on than Javante Williams. Then after that, I got Najee, you know, self-explanatory. He's going to get every single touch from day one. And then it's a shame Etienne got hurt because I really liked him. He's super explosive. Um, even with the injury, I don't see any reason to move him down below three because there's not really anybody who's a really close fourth to me. Then, you know, you go into uh, you go into Trey Sermon, who's in the Niners offense, and Mostert's a little bit old. You know, nobody really knows when he's going to phase out, but the reality is he's 28, 29 years old, and it's going to have to happen at some point. And I bet that it happens while Sermon's still on a rookie contract and fairly early into it. And then from there, he'll take off and maybe not be the total workhorse, but he'll get maybe like a 50, 60% snap share and he'll get the majority of the touches, whether it's next year or maybe even later into this year. So, um, Johnny, uh, let me know where you're at on this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Javante and, and the, the, Denver Broncos getting a quarterback. They passed him freaking Justin Fields for for a cornerback. <laughs> um, could you imagine Justin Fields and Javante Williams teaming up? That would have been f- freaking amazing. Um, yeah, I think they would have the best draft. We yeah. would have been yeah. As resident Javante, as a Javante stand, and you as a Fields stand, we would have been completely insufferable. Oh, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, with <laughs> Cortland Sutton there too. I mean, it, Dude, I mean, I would have – Noah Fant, me and, me and Con already have him, you know, in the conversation for tight end one in, in the next, you know, year or two. I mean, it's just – it's difficult to see that a team is going to pass on a quarterback and, and stick with a guy like Drew Locke and then they end up starting Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, well, what was the reason? You know, you you passed on Justin Fields for Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, it's Passing just, on Justin Fields for Sam Darnold like the Panthers did? 
Yeah. I mean, it's just stuff like that never makes sense to me. No, I appreciate where you're coming from. I've, I've been a big Javante fan for a while. Um, I think it's just hard because of where Najee went and the fact that you do know this season, most likely Najee, as long as they're both healthy is going to have a much bigger year, probably going to put himself in the top 10 top eight conversation for dynasty running backs. Um, you know, similar to what, you know, Josh Jacobs did after, you know, his rookie year and now he's hated, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. I'm a big Javante guy, so I, I can't hate on it. Nick, thoughts? Oh, I thought you were going to go into your rankings. Oh, I can dive in. Yeah, I'm just going to give you a quick, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, so I got Najee at one, um, obvious reasons. I, I feel like the guy is a... Uh, I mean, he's a stud. He's a workhorse. He's going to get all three downs. He's going to catch a ton of passes. Big Ben's going to check down to him. I would say quite a bit, you know, especially in that offense. I mean, they're going to utilize him in a lot of ways that I think Deontay Johnson was used last year. Put him in the slot, have him coming out of the backfield, a lot of wheel routes. Um, it just feels like a very safe way to say, you know, you're getting a guy in the second round. He's going to be an RB1. Um, as long as he's healthy, it, I don't see that changing. I have Javante at two. Sucks what happened to Travis Etienne. I was really warming up to him. Um, I have him at three, Michael Carter at four, and then Trey Sermon at five, and obviously kind of falls off from there. I'm not a big Trey Sermon guy. Definitely lower on him the most. Um, I don't roster him in any league. I don't want any part of that offense when it comes to running back. So I'm just kind of off the Trey Sermon train. If I miss, I miss. If If he hits, you know. I'll enjoy from afar. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, my RB one is Najee Harris. I mean, I think he's going to be one of those perennial RB ones that comes out. He's going to get all the work. He's going to get a lot. Um, Number two, I have Javante Williams as well. I really like him. And as I've said before, you know, if him and Michael Carter didn't go to the same school, Javante would have been looked at as much better coming out. But in a way, that's good because you get a good value on him. You can get him a little later than he would have been. ETN at my number three, that was such bad news to get. Like, it feels like it's not going to ever end. And thank God preseason's over now. But yeah, he's going to be at my number three. I really boost James Robinson, that injury, like, that injury might even take time into next season to get over completely. So if you do have James Robinson, I mean, if you're not contending, sell him high. But if you are, definitely don't mind him having as your RB3, possibly RB2. And then I have Trey Sermon at four. I really don't know what to expect from that backfield, but I think he has a better chance than Michael Carter, who I have as my RB5, even though I do like Carter as a talent. Uh, he's not getting a lot of work. He's been coming in with the second team. He hasn't really been out there with Zach Wilson in the preseason. So it might take him time to get used to it and get going. So, yeah, he's my five. You know, one thing that I wanted to talk about with Michael Carter, um, a lot of people were drafting him like mid-second in, um, in rookie drafts. And the, what they were saying is, you know, oh, he, yeah, he was a fourth-round pick, but he has a huge role to step into. And, you know, from from last year, they still selected Michael Pirine with a day two pick, even though I think it was a late it was late. It was a fifth round pick, I believe. But the front office has shown that 
they don't mind double dipping at running backs from going to Michael Piran to signing Ty Johnson in the middle of the season and giving him some work. Now they draft Michael Carter. They sign Tevin Coleman. It's a little bit too murky for me over there. You know, and it's not like Michael Piran was a previous regime draft pick. That was a Joe Douglas guy who we selected. Um, so it's just a little tough to me for me to uh to have a like you know a five seven, hundred ninety five pound scat back more than, you know, a ceiling of what running back maybe like thirty six for his career. It's tough, you know. You never know. Maybe he come he becomes like a James White. Maybe he finds his Tom Brady. And, you know, just gets peppered with targets and at some point in his career. But it sucks because he, he's really dynamic as a pass catcher and in the open field. But he just doesn't have the size for me to to rely on him and for me to really put stock in him as a, uh, I don't want to say a weekly running back star, but somebody who could, you know, take like a 50% snap share, or 60% snap share. I just don't think it's possible. And it sucks because he's a, he's a very dynamic player. So... Johnny, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I mean, you know my my thoughts on Michael Carter. You know, we've talked about it at nauseum. I, I traded away any shares I had of the kid, but I still think he has talent. I still think he's going to be the one there. It's just going to depend on how much of a committee it truly is, right? Because if they really believed in Michael Prerime, they're not going to draft a guy the very next year. Now I understand people will argue, well, he fell to the fourth round, fourth round draft capital. He's shorter. He's this, he's that. He was never a, a bell cow in college. Yeah. Those are all great points and they're all valid, but at the same time, you have a team that's been gushing about this player since day one. They brought in a whole new offense, Elijah Moore, all these pieces. He's going to be a part of the process. Um, I think if you're getting him cheap and you're holding him, that's fine. You know, I sold him in deals where I was able to recover a lot of value and able to really, you know, move up the ranks with specific players. It made sense for me, um, but it's always different for each person, you know, depending on who you're, you're working with um, value wise, it, it just depends. I like him. Um, it just depends on, you know, if, if you expect this guy to be a top 15 running back, cause I don't see that either. Boys, I got something breaking right now. So I just got an offer in a league. It is. I get. I would get Kenny Galladay for Corey Davis and Donovan Peoples Jones. What do we think about that? I mean, for me, that's an easy accept. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have, I have Lockett, Claypool, um, Nico Collins. After that, my team really dropped. So I mean, I have Corey Davis, obviously, but he would be going in this deal. So it'd be Lockett, Galladay, Claypool. Um, I got Montgomery, who's Johnny's boy. DeAndre Swift, um, Javante Williams. Kyler, Joe Burrow, um, who else is it? Dallas Goddard or Nerf Smith. Is this a contender? Um, everybody really is kind of stuck in like the middle of the pack. Nobody really traded too many draft picks or whatever, so nobody separated. Um, I, I like I really wanted to take this deal. I mean, yeah, why not? Right, let me just do it. Yeah, if I you're mean, contending, if you think you can, I would do it. Yeah. The way I look I at it, it, I believe I have Kenny Galladay at wide receiver 16 in my wide receiver ranks. I have Corey Davis. Not there. Too low. <laughs> no, not God, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to tell people where I have Matt right now, but it's it's a lot lower than I have Kenny Galladay. So, yeah, in Dynasty. So, 
Yeah, I think that's a steal for you, man. I mean, even if Donald, Donovan Peoples-Jones ends up taking over as a wide receiver three there, I mean, he's not going to get nearly enough targets to to bridge the gap between Corey Davis and Kenny Galladay for me. Johnny, I feel like you right now, because if the people listening don't know, last year Johnny got an offer for, I think it was like Sam Darnold in the, in the Giants fan league. And it was like, you got Brian Edwards and DeAndre Swift for Sam Darnold, I think it was, or Jimmy what? Garoppolo, somebody like that. So I remember, I remember somebody sent it to you. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do remember that league. It was, it was like DeAndre Swift and something. Yeah, for for it was was it Sam Darnold? It was something like that. And people, it was a, it was a quarterback because the guy had Nick Foles and nobody else, and it was a super flex league. And they and the and the Bears benched him week one, and he was throwing a fit. So then yeah. he traded. Yeah, he gave you the farm for like Jimmy G or somebody like that. It was it was Sam Darnold, I believe. Yeah, and people were really okay. pissed off. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, sometimes it just happens. People need a player, and they'll they'll overpay. And and he wasn't a he wasn't a DeAndre Swift fan. So <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason, he thought that was a good decision. I'm sad that league folded. Everybody kind of gave up on that one. That was uh, got my team. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I mean, I I think I had like five RB ones. I had like three or four QBs that were all like really good and. My wide receiver core was, I think I had Hawkinson, Godair, Irv Smith, Fant, and somebody else. And then I had like two firsts. It was, it was just dumb. It was, it was a very silly league. It, we got into the middle of the season and somebody offered Johnny DeAndre Hopkins for a first and a second. So he accepted it. And at this point, Johnny and I were the best teams in the league. So I was like, dang, I got to match this now. So then I sent the same guy a first from Mike Evans. And the league was just so pissed at this guy. And then he was know, just selling everything for first yeah. and seconds, man. And, and, and the league folded. Everybody was mad. Yeah. Yeah. I ended, up, the I ended up winning in the championship, which was pretty great because I, I gave everybody crap over it. And then, yeah, the league just kind of fell apart after that. So unfortunately, didn't didn't work out. Our good friend, um, the mage and and other fellows, we, we had fun. But um, yeah, no more. Anyway, <laughs> moving along. Um, I think our, our final subject for the night, guys, we were going to talk a little bit of redraft, um, draft strategy. Um, I know everybody's having their drafts here shortly. If you haven't had them already, I know I just helped my buddy with one last week, um, his big money league with some some old buddies. And, you know, this is more of an open segment, so we're just going to kind of step all a little bit. But I think the big thing for us is, is understanding never going into a draft with a set in stone strategy saying, I have to do this or else, you know, it's a wash because that's never going to happen. I know so many people that, you know, whether it be a dynasty startup or a redraft startup or whatever it was, they said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to draft. This is what I'm going to take. And then every round they end up getting sniped. There's runs on specific positions. Um, you just really never know what's going to happen. So the best way to go into those drafts is with a blueprint of, okay, I value you know, these positions and that's where I'm going to look, you know, the first two to three rounds, I'm just going to look at running backs or, you know, tight ends, whatever it is, depending on the, the scoring settings. And, you know, these strategies are going to vary guys. You know, some people play super flex. Some people play one quarterback. Some people play tight end premium. Some people play no premium. You have some leagues with one flex. You have some leagues with three flexes, some leagues with three wide receivers, some leagues with two. So point being, you know, understand your settings first and foremost, because that's always going to be the way you should start your draft is knowing, okay, quarterbacks, you have to start two because it's super flex. 
It's six points per touchdown, but it's also two minus two or three points for interceptions. So you're going to value good quarterbacks highly because you're going to understand they're going to put up more points and the bad ones are going to put you in a worse position each week. So that, that's kind of like, the, I guess, the first step to any sort of draft that you're looking at is know your settings. Um, Con, Nick, you know, you want to throw out some specific things you look for when you're doing a redraft? Yeah, so I know what I've liked, I've enjoyed lately is actually securing one of the top three tight ends because I feel like it gives you such a positional advantage. Yeah, I agree. And this isn't even tight end premium. It's just normal. Like Kelsey, where I've been doing a lot of drafts, has been going like the 1-6, the 1-7. Personally, if he falls, if you're in like the back, if you're in like the 8th to the 12th pick, I would take Kelsey, depending on what RBs fell down the board. Like if Zeke was there, I would take Zeke over Kelsey. But I love Waller in the second and Kittle in the third. Like, if you can pair Kittle with two stud RBs, like, you're well on your way to having a very good team. So that's definitely been one of my favorite things is getting one of the top three tight ends. And if you don't get them, I don't like going for a mid-round guy. I'd rather wait. I got late guys I like, like Johnu Smith. I got, like, that's someone I love winding up with. And it was Irv Smith as well until another injury happened where – I'm sure I had to move him to IR in a few leagues. Unreal. So it's really unfortunate there. But yeah, I think securing one of those top three guys is such an advantage this year. What do you guys think about yeah. that? Oh, so, yeah. I was going to say. Oh, sorry, Johnny. No, no, no. I'm agreeing. Please. All right, cool. So um, I did a redraft before we got a recording on here. And I was telling Nick right before we hopped on. So I was drafting from the 1 9. And Zeke. Um, Mick, uh, no, not Mick, I'm sorry, but Zeke Jones, Henry, Saquon, Kamara, Cook, C-Mac, all those guys were all off the board. Kelsey was off the board. So my guy was Austin Eckler, who I took at the 1-9. Then at the turnaround, um, somebody also took Kittle at the 2.2. <laughs> That's and crazy. I, I, yeah, I was surprised. But so then, you know, as I'm looking at my board, um, Swift is there. Jacob C.H. Gibson, uh, I believe JT was there. Um, Nick Chubb, uh, David Montgomery, Najee, all those guys were still there. And I was basically telling myself, like, I love building around my my core of running backs, but Darren Waller is here. And I really wanted to get a tight end of the top three, like you said, Nick, and two of them are gone. I don't think Waller's lasting 17 more picks. And there's a pretty nice load of running backs that I still like at this spot. So I took Waller at the 2.4, I believe it was. And then um, on the swing back around the third, I took DeAndre Swift. And then around again for the fourth, I took Josh Jacobs. So through four rounds, um, I got Austin Eckler, Swift, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. And I was super happy with how it played out. Um, Originally, I was looking to get um, I was hoping Zeke was going to fall and then I could double up with Mixon and then maybe get Kittle at the three and somebody else at the four. But I feel like I, I really did great with what I had at this spot. I wish Mixon was there instead of Swift, but it is what it is. And I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, when you told me that, I was like, that's a little early for a while. I probably would have went Najee, but then you told me Kittle went and I was like, oh, I mean, I would take Waller over Kittle anyway. So yeah. Yeah, you did well. It makes sense. And I mean, I guess the counterpoint to that argument, you guys know I, I did my my buddy, he has a 
I don't know why he does it. He sucks at fantasy, but he, he basically calls me up and he's like, Hey bro, like got my draft this weekend. You coming over? I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. And we, you know, we make a fun time out of it. We cook dinner and hang out and, um, you know, talk crap, but uh, we did the draft and it was actually pretty crazy the way it unfolded. Cause it's a 10 team league. Um, so just real quick, I want to go through his, cause I thought it was, a, it's an awesome roster and I, I've been roster baiting to it since. So I just want to go ahead and let everyone know. <laughs> Not safe for work. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so round one, we got snipe Saquon Barkley went, we had the 10th spot. So it was a 10 team league, um, PPR. Um, so we picked back to back. So Saquon Barkley went ninth, which sucked, but we ended up grabbing Taylor at 10 and I decided to go with Gibson over Najee at 11. Um, I have a ton of not, um, Antonio Gibson shares, Constantine is our resident truther. Um, he was in on this kid before, uh, really anybody, honestly. I mean, he was really pumping this kid up for a while, so I got to give him his props. But yeah, we grabbed him at 11. Um, crazy enough, DeAndre Swift fell to us in the third round. And then AJ wow. Brown. Yeah, I mean, like end of the third. Um, we were jumping up and down. Yeah, the 30th um, pick. Yeah, I mean, it was That's between crazy. him and David Montgomery. Obviously, we got to go Swift just based on talent and I think his situation. Um, so moving along, A.J. Brown fell to us in the fourth, which was, again, just one of those picks. You're just like, why are people letting these guys fall? How does he not go um, in the second? That doesn't make sense. I, they were picking guys like Terry McLaurin over him. Um, I, I just, for redraft, for dynasty, I don't understand any of that logic. I like Terry a lot, but I'm not taking anyone over A.J. Brown outside of, like, three guys. Outside so, of yeah. Metcalf and, like, maybe one other person. I mean, Tyree Kill, Metcalf. Tyree Kill, yeah, yeah, Devontae yeah, yeah. Adams. Yeah, Adams, Hopkins. You can make arguments for a few guys, but, I mean, my God, it was just stuff like that. Um, so then I, I believe we went Deontay Johnson in the fifth round. So here's where I would I would say the counterpoint to both of y'all's argument are. Um, I'm a big TJ Hawkinson fan, and I do feel that he is going to really eat in that offense just based on the fact that it's not like they don't have wide receivers, but they just don't have guys that I think are super talented to the sense where they're going to get 120, 130 targets. I do feel Hawkinson could get a large volume of targets this season, especially with Jared Goff and him wanting to target his, his tight end. So um, we took him in the fifth. It's not a tight end premium league, but at the same time for PPR, I do think he gives you an advantage. Um, rest of the roster just really nicely ended up. We had Ayuk, we got Dak at QB, LaVishka, Jamar Chase, late, Corey Davis, Dallas Godair is our second tight end. Um, and then Joe Burrow. And, and late, we, we picked my boy Sterling Shepard because he's a PPR god and, also a top five slot receiver for those out there um, listening. <laughs> As DF Bean Counter says on Twitter, you are too low on Joe Burrow. Yeah, man. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are, you are too low on Joe That's Burrow. That's always true. I've been drafting him or trading for him in most leagues. So I traded Dak Prescott for Joe Burrow, a second in Nikhil Harry. How about that? Yeah. What was that? Dak Prescott, Joe what I traded Dak for uh, it was Joe Burrow a second and Nikhil Harry who I ended up turning that second and, and Harry and something else into Tyler Boyd so I was pretty freaking uh -huh. excited. Uh -huh. Yeah, nice trade. So um, I actually had something today. I was doing an underdog draft and I saw Evan Ingram fall and he fell and he fell and I didn't. I was like at this point I think we got to like the. 14th round and I'm like I gotta see how far he's gonna fall and he literally made it to the 18th round the last round of the draft I got him at the 213th pick I know Evan Ingram is the most frustrating person to watch I'm a Giants fan we all are but like 
come on. Like, you're going to let him fall to the last round? Are you kidding me? Like, I thought that was ridiculous. His ADP is 148, and he fell all the way to 213. You know, speaking on athletic tight ends, it makes me think about Kyle Pitts. And a lot of people are like, you know, can Kyle Pitts break out as a rookie? Can Kyle Pitts do this as a rookie? Can Kyle Pitts do that as a rookie? And where he's going in drafts, around like the kind of like the same place that Hawk is going, maybe in like the five to five, round five to seven range. Like just take Hawk instead of taking pitch, just take Hawk. You know, you're losing some athletic profile, but TJ Hawkinson is already known to be good. Kyle Pitts is a supreme talent and he'll very likely be great, but it's also year one and Hawk is in year three. Like, I'm not big on Kyle Pitts for a redraft. It's just any drafting him at a ceiling. You know, I don't really think there's a chance that he's a top three tight end as a rookie. I think we all agree with that. And to just take him as like the tight end four, five, six off the board is a little bit weird to me, especially taking him over Mark Andrews, who's with Lamar for like the fifth year in a row, something like that. Kyle Pitts, no, no way. What. <laughs> yeah, I know Johnny, but not in a redraft. I'm sorry, bro. Kyle Pitts, no matter. He's my Jonathan Taylor this year. He's my he's my <laughs> draft crush. I have him in every league. Yeah, but Mark Andrews is a smash over Kyle Pitts. Like especially with the Dobbins injury now. Like I don't know. I just see so much work for Andrews, and my, Andrews is known as like a touchdown guy. Like he his thing is he gets touchdowns. Like he doesn't get a crazy amount of targets because they're not a crazy passing team, but. Mark Andrews, oh, I'm excited. He's going to have a great year this year. Yeah, I'm sure he will, but just remember, guys, Kyle Pitts, no matter what. <laughs> for Dynasty. Oh, my God. Yeah, for Dynasty, yes. For Everywhere. Dynasty. <laughs> Draft him generational. I, I, do, I do actually think, guys, that Kyle Pitts, he has a chance to sniff, call me crazy, a 1,000 yards his rookie season. No, I don't Ryan, I, hate it. I don't I hate don't, it. Yeah, I don't. Matt Ryan's gonna that. throw the ball so much. Yeah, and Matt Ryan's a great late round pick in a redraft. If you're fading QBs, oh, yeah. get Absolutely. him in the fifteenth round, whatever. But Is yeah, Kyle that, Pitts. Could I don't have do a, a lot of redraft. Is he going that late in redraft? Yes. Yeah. Matt Ryan really? is very late. He Just was, like with Kirk Cousins. He was almost like, I think it was round 17, 18, which is the last rounds when we have to pick defense and a uh, kicker. And he was there in round 16, 17. And I was really upset with myself because I was like one of the first teams to take a backup QB in Joe Burrow. And I really wish I didn't because if I knew Matt Ryan was going to be there, who I have like two spots below Burrow, and I took him like six, and I could have taken him six rounds later, I I, I would have done it. But, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Oh, well. So me and my buddy, we have this joke about Matt Ryan, how every other year he's a top five quarterback. And it's <laughs> true. If it you is know. true. Yeah. So like, all right, so year, we'll, we'll go back to 2012. He was number six. Then 2013, number 12. 2014, number seven. 2015, number 20. 2016, number two. 2017, number 15, 2018, number two, 2019, number 10. Now, last year he was number 12, so he didn't do it last year. So he's due for a top five year, guys. That means he's going to be QB1, right? I was yeah, just about to say that, bro. For it. <laughs> he has to, he has to, you know, because he missed it last year, so he has to double up on it. Now, he has to be, he has to be the first 500 point quarterback. Too. Dude, they have a trash defense. Like, yeah. there's no way that he's not going to be throwing garbage time touchdowns and passes to guys like Kyle Pitts and, Calvin Ridley. And guess what? Outside of Ridley and Pitts, 
They don't have anything. You Draft are wrong. Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage Russell, is nothing. Bro, yes, You're Nick Russell Gage. That. Nothing. You're going to regret that. <laughs> I, took, I took Russell Gage, Johnny, in round 16, and I feel pretty happy about it. I'm going to make a bet with you, some kind of bet. We're going to make it. Because Russell Gage, that's out of line. Listen, he could be decent this year. Yeah, he'll have weeks where he's like a wide receiver three. But I mean... Dude, what? Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, bro. That's that's all that matters on that offense. Until Russell Gage beats you in my flex. Oh, my. Listen, if I lose any week to you because of Russell Gage, <laughs> I'll mow your lawn for a year. I'll <laughs> fly out like to plan. New York every sounds weekend like and mow your lawn. How about that? Yes, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Well, guys, um, that kind of wraps us up. I know we've been going for a little while. I actually while. got one question. Yeah, yeah, I go ahead. On. And I have another one, too. I'm glad you said that. Go ahead. Okay, so my boy, H-Tor, who I'm in a league with, he's a really cool guy. He hit me up. He did a redraft, and basically he didn't draft kicker or defense, so he has to drop two people. And he already has one figured out, but the other one is between Darnell Mooney or Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall, I'm sorry. So he has to drop one of those two. I was originally saying I'd probably drop Mooney because I think Marshall has a great chance of breaking out in the second half of the season. But I'm kind of leaning more towards Mooney. You know, like Fields should come in early by week, what, three or four maybe at the latest because Andy Dalton's going to show him everybody that he is still Andy Dalton. And I think Mooney has very high upside. It was it's his second year. He was cooking Jalen Ramsey last year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would I would keep Mooney. I would also keep Mooney, and um, it's nothing wrong with Terrace Marshall. I love Terrace Marshall, and I think both of you guys know that. I've said it on the pod how I have him highly ranked. Um, but you know, it's just it's Robbie Anderson there this year. It's DJ Moore there. I don't think he's going to supplant either of them whether it's week nine or week 17. I think it's more of a next year type of thing. And, you know, Mooney, like you said, Mooney's going to have fields in there. He's the bona fide too. They traded Anthony Miller. They didn't acquire or sign or draft or trade for anybody. They got the confidence in him. So I got the confidence in him. And that's pretty much it for me. I'm I'm dropping Terrace, and he'll be quiet for the first five or six weeks, at least, like you said. So, you know, nobody's going to pick him up and steal him from you. So I think it's pretty safe to drop Terrace. Good point. How about you, Johnny? I disagree. <laughs> okay. Of that's course, good. of that's course. <laughs> I got to. I mean, we got to keep it edgy. I mean, here's my thing. Darnell Mooney just isn't good. What? Now Russell Gage isn't good. Darnell Mooney's not good. I mean, listen to just me. like just Rondell hear, Moore is not. Oh, just wait, hear me. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> calm down there, buddy. All right, Rondell Moore is outscoring Jamar Chase this year. So just, I'm gonna go ahead and say that for the people again. Jamar Chase will not score more than Rondell Moore this year. Listen, I don't hate Darnell Mooney. He's just not good. So like, that's the problem. You know, like Terrence Marshall like actually has a chance to be like a good wide receiver. Sam Darnold's gonna spread the ball around. I don't think Terrence Marshall is going to be like a top 15 wide receiver this season, but I'd rather have him on my dynasty or roster for fantasy in any capacity, redraft, whatever it is, than Darnell Mooney. He's just After not this, that good. I'm going to send you the YouTube video 
think it's about five. Oh my god, five the one minutes. of him burning Jalen Ramsey. No, 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 that no, no, no. one. It's the about same five clip minute ever. compilation of him getting open as a rookie against good NFL cornerbacks and being overthrown every time. And it was pissing me off and it still does. <laughs> so your boy, Justin Fields, if you're so high on him, I don't see if you why you wouldn't be high on Darnell Mooney. I mean, listen, I am high on Justin Fields. You think there's only going to be one person catching balls from Justin Fields? Well, it, it's, pause, it's, pause, <laughs> pause, pause. <laughs> listen, listen, the, there's a problem, though. Darnell Mooney just isn't that good. No, I, see, okay. Okay, Johnny. <laughs> Nick's face right now. I wish you guys could see it. You, yeah, but, so, I'm just giving a hard time. Listen, I, I don't dislike Mooney. I don't. I, I just don't like his profile. I don't think he's an elite. I don't think he's he's elite at anything. I think he's a, a decent player. Um, I, I don't think he's somebody that's going to be putting himself in a position to do anything special this season, no. So Cole Komet, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, those are the players that I think are going to be fantasy relevant on that team. Every other week, you'll have a player that, you know, I think Damian Bird is there, like Damir Bird. Sure, they'll have some good weeks. I'm not buying Darnell Mooney. He is certified trash. Bro, that's okay. Okay, for those who don't know, I'm saving I was, that one, Con. Yeah, yes. So, for those who don't know, um, I, I'm in a league. I traded Fant. I mean, I traded Irv Smith, Mooney, and a two for Noah Fant, and I was super happy. Um, I did not know when when I told Johnny about that trade, he was like, "Good for you, bro. You killed it." Um, I did not know that he hated Darnell Mooney. <laughs> I don't like Darnell Mooney, man. He he's one of those guys. Like I see him in every draft. Someone drafts him in like the seventh or eighth round, and I every time I I literally go yes because there's like three or four guys in my queue, and like he gets picked, and I'm like awesome, another player I was never going to draft. Seventh, eighth round. Who are you drafting with, dude? Dynasty Josh. Stop. I was about to say JL Mitchell. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm seeing where I got him because I got him in Welcome to the Shit Show. Let's do. I mean, maybe you drafted him a little later. I don't 12 know. 1201. Wow. I mean, that's, that's I, I, decent bro, Nick, value. Nick, Nick, good pick, bro. Good pick. Don't mind I what know, this Joker says. <laughs> yeah, don't mind what this Joker says. Listen, I got another question. David Wilson posts on our on our channel, Nick, destroy JP in a Fields versus Lance debate. Okay. Ooh. Well, it sounds like a next time thing because we're already running on low on time. We are running low on time. I, I mean, was I talking to him tonight about how Lance is the QB1. He agreed. So I definitely will come with the fire next time. Look, guys, so so, ne- so next next pod, we're going to do pay-per-view, $25, yes. me versus Johnny. We're going to have you're, we're gonna have Nick in a corner. Who's Logan Paul? Oh, oh you, you're Logan Paul. You're white. No, he's white. <laughs> yeah, you he's got to be yeah. Logan Paul. No, I'll be like the real boxer that Logan Paul finally fights. So we're gonna have Nick in a corner with with David as his trainer, and then, and then we're gonna have Johnny in the other corner just by himself. And <laughs> no, he'll have Darnell Mooney sitting behind him. So I'll definitely lose. Okay, well, at least I got feel. At least I have someone on my side. And and I'll and I'll be I'll be the ref. And um, I'll, I'll let you guys know how it turns out. Listen, I'll guys. be the ref. I'll be the ref, and I'll be the three judges, and and everything else. We also have um, some articles dropping this week, guys. So please keep a lookout. I am working yes, on a Daniel Jones article, so I want all the smoke. I want all the hate because Daniel Jones is that guy. I don't give a shit if I said I wanted Justin Fields. Doesn't matter. My quarterback is Daniel Jones. Vanilla Vic, get used to it. Get ready for that. 
We also have an article dropping by Constantine. Um, we got some fun stuff in the works. We also, also have some potential cool stuff coming out. We'll see where things go. But um, regardless, we know we're running um, short on time. We enjoy this a lot more than you guys probably do, but we appreciate to those who do <laughs> tune in. Um, this is really fun for us. And um, again, thank you for spending the time with us tonight. Um, any closing words from you guys? Um, nothing too much. You know, we, we really appreciate everybody who tunes in at the end of the day. Like Johnny said, we're, we're three guys having a lot of fun just talking about football with each other. And, um, that's it, Nick, what you got? Yeah. My closing statement is just like last year, I put Johnny onto Eckler. It's going to happen again by the end of the year or hopefully halfway through, I bet you he's going to like Darnell Mooney. And he's going to be like, oh, dude, should I do this? Should I trade this for Darnell Mooney? I'll be like, no, dude, he sucks. He put me on Eckler last year, and he put me on Mark Andrews the year before. So, Nicky, he, he's been good for two a for few two. guys. Um, but Darnell Mooney, I will mop your floors if he ends up being anything relevant. So I'm mopping floors and mowing lawns if if Nick is good at fantasy, guys. But see, I put you on to Mark Andrews when I got him in the 13th round of a dynasty startup. You did. You were no, too you, late. You did. You did. I, I ended up snagging him in a league, and he ended up being really good. So anyway, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you, and uh, we will be back shortly. In the meantime, Dynasty Dogs out. Hey, everybody, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. We always have fun. Please come back and join us again. Uh, Please remember, always look out for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word, for daily updates and content. This is Johnny P, Nick, and Khan. We'll see you next time.